Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Build It Internal Podcast. This is a Wednesday episode where me, Alex Horton, where I, where I, where I, Alex Horton, um, get to have a conversation with one of our team members here at BuildWit. So I am very fortunate to be joined by my friend Jessica Saylor today. Uh, Jessica, as we all know, um, runs Aaron's Life. Um, and we're all very, very thankful for that. So welcome, Jessica, to the podcast. Um, so Jessica, just for all of us um, who either are new or who have been, been around for a while, can you uh, just give a quick synopsis of um, what you do here at BuildWit? Sure. So I uh, assist Aaron and uh, kind of keep him moving along. He's got a lot of stuff going on. He, he does. <laughs> <laughs> he does. So I um, help with his schedule um, and travel and whatever he needs help with. Yeah. I, I do. <laughs> I, f- I feel like... I feel like there's always been other things that are like on your plate that you kind of just like keep moving for the company. Um, I know you've certainly played a big role in um, like the December team meeting we just had. Um, And I'm sure you probably did a lot of planning for the summer one as well, right? We had. Uh, Yeah. So I, when I first started um, my, my title was administrative assistant. Um, So I did whatever needed help. Um, I, I took a lot of things off of Kara's plate. Um, and so I would meet with her every week and I still meet with Kara every week and um, just anything that needs to be done, um, I would do. Um, so yeah, that would help with team meetings, um, help. I was really involved with the office here yeah, um, and getting uh, that put together and uh, help with the construction planning and mm-hmm. worked uh, with Molly and meeting with the, I, I would come here when Aaron was out of town and take photos of the, the progress and was involved with that. Um, and yeah, I mean, anything that needed to be done, I would do it. Yeah. Um, and then just kind of as we've grown, um, I've, my roles shifted to just be focused more um, on Aaron. Mm-hmm. It turns out he needs it. He does. He, he does. He's made many comments over the, I guess, how long have you been at BuildWit now? Um, a little over a year. A little over a My year. My one-year anniversary was January 14th or 16th. Right on. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Aaron has definitely made plenty of comments over the past year about how um, I mean, obviously, much easier. You've just made like his his day to day, because he he. I, mean, I think it was even like two weeks ago. He was talking about how, um, just you know, as part of what his his role is and kind of how it grows, and you know, his responsibility is to kind of set the like the vision for the company and do all these things. And it's like he's not physically capable of doing that without like somebody else who can fully handle, fully take care of like large chunks of what it takes to to run a company. Um, and so I, I definitely can speak for uh, him, but I, I think I can speak for the whole company that um, I think we're all very thankful for what you bring to to the role and to our team. That is, um, I think, some of it is in service to Aaron, but it's certainly, I think, all um, definitely in service to the company. So I'm very thankful for that. Very appreciative. Um, I think one thing that has always stood out to me about you is, you know, you even put words to it. It's like if something needs to be done, you're going to you're gonna do it. 
um, you're just like, you know, I'll just, I'll handle whatever needs to be done. Like you said that multiple times just now. And um, I think like a great like example of that is when we needed to get the at Aaron Witt Instagram handle. <laughs> it was sort of, you were just like, I'll figure it out. And you, you know, chased down a guy, um, virtually chased him down. She did not actually chase anybody down. Um, I would have though. You would have. Yeah. That's the thing. You would have. Um, you know, and that was just like, that's not something that really falls on somebody's plate or in their job description, but it was like, well, that's something that needs to be done and that's something I can make happen. And so you did. Um, and so I feel like um, getting to work with you over the past year and, and obviously our our work paths cross um, in, in different ways. A lot of it is um, Jessica and I get to spend a lot of time inside Aaron's calendar, which is a scary place. It is very scary. But um, I think just what's been, been great getting to work with you and just getting to kind of see you do all your stuff. It's like we, um, as a team, I think end up relying on a lot of things you do without you wearing like a big sign around your neck saying that like I did this, which is pretty cool. And I think just says a lot about who you are. <laughs> well, I mean it. Um, so let's rewind a little bit. Okay. Um, Jessica, you, you were born in Nashville, right? I was actually born in Cincinnati, oh, yeah, Ohio. We about that. Yeah. Um, but I have been in Nashville since I was two. Okay. Um, did most of your, your rearing here in Nashville. Most of my rearing here. <laughs> um, but then I, I went to, uh, University of Tennessee mm-hmm. for college, studied advertising. Mm-hmm. Then I moved back here. So just to kind of figure out what's next. Yeah. What um what high school did you go to here in Nashville? I went to St. Cecilia. St. Cecilia. All girls, Catholic. I've played pickup basketball there before. Um beautiful campus over there. I don't know how they own all that land. The Dominican sisters did well. No, what's up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um it's a beautiful campus, not the best uh Athletic program, although I I swam I swam there. Um, I swam year round growing up. Do they have like pool facilities there? No, um, we actually practiced um, at the JCC. Okay, yeah. Um, and the Great Gordon, pool. yeah, the Gordon Jewish Community Center. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they were n- not known for their um, athletic sure. program. Sure, and so you you went to. University of Tennessee, and then moved back to Nashville. Um, so as you left college and moved back to Nashville, was there like a any specific dream or goal or plan that's like, all right, I'm going to move into this, or I want to start looking for something like this? Um, no, so I, I studied advertising. Um, after college, I went on a trip to the Philippines, um, was there for three weeks. And then I was like, okay, um, guess I, I need to get a job. So I, I, um, took a job at a design firm, um, and started out as an intern and, uh, worked my way up and started assisting uh, the president of the company. Um, I, I studied advertising, um, but it was just kind of, I picked the, that career path because I was a junior in school and um, they were like, you need to pick a major. (laughs) Um, So I picked advertising, but when I graduated, I knew that I didn't want to move to a big city. And um, so I, I just started working at this design firm and um, 
I loved create or combining art um, or just being surrounded by creative um, people. So I worked at this design firm and um, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And so how long were you at the design firm? I was there for three years. Um, and then after that, I um, there was a series of layoffs that were unfortunate. Um, and I was a part of the second round of layoffs. Sure. Um, and from there, I ended up at a construction company, um, which is where I, at the time, I wasn't that you know, I wasn't very excited about about working there, but sure. now you know, I, I you know, gained a lot of knowledge that I now you know find a little you know useful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was at the construction company, just in the front office, um, and was there for about three years, um, and then I left that company and went um, and worked at a company that built museum exhibits. And I assisted uh, one of the owners there and was there for about three years. And um, then I left that company and um, ended up here. Um, What was the construction company you were with? Summit Constructors, um, which they were doing uh, some of the site utilities and grading next door. um, And we're partly to blame for the blasting. (laughs) (laughs) So. Uh, I've had uh, multiple people email me this past week because Aaron, ke- Aaron and I keep mentioning the blasting when it happens in the middle of the podcast. Like, it doesn't really show up on the recording, but both he and I are like, Ugh. Um, people have emailed this week saying, you guys should have somebody from their company on the podcast. Um, I don't know that they would want to be on the podcast based on this, some of the things we've said about them. Um, but good to know that we know somebody who might know somebody who has something to do with the blasting. Yeah, so I think J.E. Dunn was the, is yeah, the, G- the, the GC uh, Summit, did the site utilities and grading, but they also do blasting. So I don't know if they were actually doing the blasting. Sure. Um, I'm sure they were. Um, but yeah, the, the blasters there were uh, an interesting, <laughs> <laughs> interesting bunch. Um, so, yeah. That's kind of my, that's my work history. Sure. Um, you made a comment so. about um, after you left school, you didn't want to go move to a big city. Mm-hmm. And then joke's on you, Nashville's trying really hard to be one. It is. <laughs> it is, but I can still drive um, here and I can uh, get anywhere in about 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know the back roads here, so. Sure. It's, um, it's not I like you're, that. you're stuck to the main thoroughfares. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is strange that Nashville is not, it can still feel it's not it's not a small town it's never a small town but it can still feel like kind of like a lower tier um, city in terms of you know just like the the community and the, the space you spend time in um, depending on where you live you know but it, it can also it's, be, it's becoming a big city and a city that obviously a lot of people are moving to yeah yeah I do love that you can drive out to the country in like thirty minutes and. Go to the mountains. And And there are neighborhoods that are in Nashville proper that are, you know, can feel like the country. It can feel just like, oh, this is just like a neighborhood in a forest. You know, like those are all over town. You know, Bellmead certainly feels like, though, that no one can afford to live in Bellmead. But, 
you know, like Cleve Hall has a lot of that too. It's it's kind of it's it's neat like that. I think that's a good point. You can get to the to the mountains. You can get to the um, like really great hiking stuff. Like that's all pretty accessible from Nashville. Um, yeah, it's kind of neat just for the growth of the city that still exists, which is cool. Um, so you you made your way to build to build with. Um, what interested you interested you about the role of build it? Um, I think it just aligned with, you know, some of my past experience. Um, and then I, you know, saw the the role and met with Aaron. And um, I, when I first met Aaron, uh, we met at Barista Parlor. And um, he told me, you know, his plans, you know, that Build It was growing. And, you know, I saw all this ambition that he had for the company. And I was like, wow, you know, like this seems like a company that I, I want to be a part of mm-hmm. um, and the growth um, and just seemed like a great opportunity. And I'm so glad that I'm a part of the team. And yeah. uh, I can relate, I can relate to that a little bit too. Um, I, I really liked that the language that Aaron uses, but I feel like that the leadership team in general uses that it was never Aaron saying, well, yeah, I'm going to do this with BuildWit. It was always like, we, or BuildWit is going to, to do these things. And even though there's all this, you know, Aaron has like all these crazy dreams. He's like, I can only really talk about some of them out loud because some of them are more ridiculous. But it's there is that bit of like, you know, if you want to go far, you go there together. And so I think that was built in pretty early on, um, just in terms of how Aaron, whether that was fully intentional or just, kind of how he saw how he wanted this to go. Um, but I think that's, it's certainly easier to get on board with somebody who like, you know, he clearly had a, a dream for what he wants to build it to be. And that dream is evolving, but that, you know, he's just like, this is what I, I want it to do. And I, how I feel like we can build this. Um, but I think to me, that's more attractive and certainly um, more compelling to like make me say, okay, I want to jump on. What can I do to, you know, be a part of that? So I get that. Yeah, he told me uh, that, you know, they were starting, I think, you know, six companies. And I was like, wow, you know, and sure enough, you know, we had start created the six companies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now that's... And sucking them back you know, into the one. <laughs> changing, but... Well, that, yeah, that, but that's also, I think, I think I maybe even said it to Aaron on an internal podcast with me and him. But I think sort of that whole process sort of, it feels like a good representation of how we approach a lot of things that build it anyway. It's like that felt like a really, really good move. And then the minute it didn't feel like a really good move, we went, we went back to the drawing board and said, does this continue to serve us? And if it doesn't, I think we, we've kind of built this culture of, okay, well then let's do the thing that does serve us the best. You know, there was never a, well, we've, we put in all this work to, you know, whatever's separated into six companies or whatever. When it's like, well, that doesn't that doesn't make sense anymore. And so, why would we feel like we have to continue that? Um, right. Yeah. Um, as you're going through your work history, um, you definitely highlighted a number of roles, a number of positions that um, were pretty uh, like behind the scenes, um, really like service based. Like, what what about you makes that kind of work? Um, like appealing to you or, or feels like that's something you do really, really well? I I don't enjoy being in the spotlight. Um, 
And and she currently is in a spotlight right now. But <laughs> And my hands are really sweaty right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've always just wanted to help um, and be behind the scenes. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I've just always, you know, been attracted to, um, you know, like positions where I, you know, keep things organized and, um, so all the roles that I've had, um, after I was an intern at the design firm, I was a design coordinator. So that, you know, another role, you know, kind of behind the scenes and mm-hmm. putting presentations together. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of the, you know, tra- trajectory. I don't know if I'm saying that word right. Trajectory. Trajectory. Yeah. Um, that my career is taken and just kind of where I've landed. Where with it. Yeah. Um, I think I can relate in some ways to. I'll speak for me. I will not. I will not speak for you in this. But in my experience, um, I've certainly had times where I am really attracted to um, behind the more behind the scenes roles because it it feels like I can have um, like a particular impact, but it feels like a safer place to be, just like for who I am, either emotionally or relationally or however. Um, do, do you feel like that, you can relate to that at all? Like that idea of you can have like a an, an outsized impact, um, but like from a, a position that feels like more comfortable or more aligned with kind of who you are? I'd say so. Okay. Yeah. I didn't mean to just say, here, does this some of your... <laughs> um, but just like, I think for me, I, I've I've never had a role exactly like yours, but like, I mean, honestly, Dirt Talk is, I didn't even think about it now, but when I first came on to work on Dirt Talk, that certainly felt like a similar thing was like, I can have a real impact on this thing we're doing, but I don't have to like put myself on the line for it almost. Um, And I think part of it is because I've like had to like learn to like be okay with um, being in the spotlight once in a while, which like is terrifying to me, but I'm also an Enneagram 4, so it's like, I deserve to be in the spotlight and now I'm in the spotlight by myself. And why am I terrified? And why is nobody else over here with me? You know, like I'm like equal parts. I really want to set myself apart and then I'm lonely lonely when I set myself apart. Um, But I think that it's just kind of part of um, maturing, I guess, is what I'm, you know, whatever. Enough about me. Um, How do you see your role and impact um, progressing or changing here at BuildWit in the next, you know, a couple of years. <laughs> is that like a, a conversation that is kind of ongoing between you and Aaron, or it's just like Aaron's going to have more stuff that you're going to have to solve and lead or whatever? Um, I think, you know, we had a conversation, um, I guess probably a few weeks ago about Aaron wanting me to kind of elevate, you know, with him yeah. as as he's elevating. Um, so still kind of figuring out exactly, you know, what that what, looks like. <laughs> what that looks like. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I am um, kind of transi- transitioning some of the the tasks that I, you know, was previously doing um, with onboarding um, and Caleb starting to help yeah. um, do those. And I'm, you know, focusing more on, you know, just, helping Aaron. Um, 
and I have a stack of of books um, that Aaron, <laughs> you know, recommended that I read um, yeah. on on leadership and um, so yeah, I'm still kind of figuring figuring it out. Mm-hmm. But I had a th- a thought this weekend that I don't know why this like came into my brain, but it's like at some point it feels like you become like a chief of staff almost. You know, it's like just as as Aaron. Um, elevates and as our company grows, like more and more things have to get off of his plate, sure, but also have to get off of your plate. Like both both of you, like you're saying, you both have have to elevate in certain ways. Um, and it's like eventually he's going to have need to have a, a team of of people doing the things that you're currently doing because there will be bigger fish to fry for the both of you. Um, and so, I, I think um, I think that like the the leadership thing. Um, maybe gets a connotation of like, I don't know, a more spotlighty, you know, you're a lot more of attention as a like a leader. But I, I think that, I mean, there's, I think there are plenty of people I build with now who certainly look to you for things um, and look to you for, for expertise. And I, I just like my, my gut feeling is that as like, we all continue to grow as this company continues to grow that like, um, I mean, you, your like particular form of, of of leadership and of service, I think, um, becomes more and more important to kind of what we're trying to build. And so, I think it'd it'd be cool to see kind of what that looks like from your side of the coin, because like you know, it's as long as Aaron keeps growing his role and, and the different things he's doing, like you like you said, you have to kind of go with that. You can't just be like, well, here's the things I'm doing right now, you know. I mean, you could, I guess, but that doesn't seem like the best use of everybody's time and talents as we grow, you know? Yeah. I, I know that I, I definitely, I don't spend enough time on self-reflection um, and personal growth. Um, I, I, I just, I'm not wired to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, you know, more concerned about, you know, making sure that things are taken care of for Aaron and, um, you know, I, th- I think it is, you know, valuable for me to, you know, spend some time on myself um, to, you know, figure that out. But yeah. it's just, you know, not something that I've considered um, recently. Sure. Um, well, I think one thing that's tricky, and I think we're a lot of us are in this position, especially folks who've been at BuildWit for, you know, a year or more, where I think a lot of us are used to just wearing a lot of hats in order to, um, achieve the thing we said we're going to achieve, but it's like eventually, you know, we're bringing on people who are experts in more like defined or um, more specific areas. And so, like the the folks that have been around for a really long time, um, we d- we don't necessarily just elevate still wearing all those hats. You know, we we shed some of that and we we get more specific in what we do. Um, and so, I think it, it's tricky to always be. Um, self-reflective and self-evaluating um, to be like, you know, okay, if I want to move into this role or I want to move into these responsibilities or whatever, even though I was doing, you know, 10 different things, now I need to be, you know, way better at the, these three things or whatever, you know, whatever that is. And I, th- I think that transition is really tough and probably pretty daunting um, just from like a development perspective. So I feel like I would be remiss if I did not bring up 
uh, tiny towns. And, you know, I certainly brought this up right now and not, um, you know, three hours after we recorded the rest of the podcast because I clearly forgot like a big thing about you. So, uh, anyway, messed that up. Uh, so, Jessica, talk about tiny towns because that is pretty dang cool. Yeah, so I I started uh, probably about six years ago um, making paper miniatures and replicas of buildings and putting them in Altoid tents. Mm-hmm. Um, and it started, I had to give a speech for my sister's wedding where I was her maid of honor, um, but I called myself the first lady because I I didn't want to be, yeah, didn't want to be called the maid of honor. <laughs> um, so I made um, seven dioramas that um, started from, or it just depicted scenes of our childhood. And um, I had a projection screen behind me, and I made my sister stand next to me because I hate speaking in public. And I made like little ready-made or like little scenes. Um, you know, that depicted our childhood with photographs and, um, I had little random objects in the dioramas and, um, my sister stood next to me and opened up each diorama. And I just, I really loved, um, making them and just kind of wanted to continue exploring with miniatures and, um, just kind of kept thinking like, how can I do this at an affordable cost to me? Uh, Paper is obviously really cheap. Mm -hmm. Um, So I experimented with paper, um, have always had a love of architecture and just kind of found a way to do it. it. Um, So I've been making replicas of buildings and made childhood homes and... um, Anything that people ask me to to make, I've made um, replicas of the ring doorbell for the creator Jamie Simonoff. Um, so I made a, a series um, of the very first ring doorbell, and then um, just the different iterations that they've had mm-hmm. throughout the years. Um, and yeah, just kind of. And you uh, were on the Kelly Clarkson show. I was. I was. Um, one of the producer reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to be on the show, which I had never seen the show. Um, <laughs> so and I'm, you're like, yeah, I'm a huge fan. Such a huge fan. Yeah, yeah. Huge fan of Kelly Clarkson. Um, no, she's really a really lovely, lovely human. Yeah. Um, and I watched a few episodes and was very nervous uh, to do the show. I did it remotely because it was during COVID. And um, I I was talked about my art. I was on the same episode as Katherine Heigl. And when I was in the queue uh, waiting to be on the show, Catherine waved at me. And I just like sat there because I was like, surely she's not waving <laughs> <laughs> at me. And then I realized she was. And Oh, sorry. Uh, so I waved back. Um, but yeah, that was a cool experience. And I had um, this woman, I, I think in her 70s or 80s, end up sending me 97 Altoid tins from, wow. from the show. She washed and individually wrapped 
um, and paper towels, 97 Altoid tins and ship them to me. And <laughs> um, I have so many Altoid tins. I actually just got rid of like two trash bags full. It's <laughs> um, like, I got a, too many. I can never keep up with this. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I do. I create um, miniatures in my, my spare time for mm-hmm. people. And that's a huge, huge part of what I do on the side. Do you eat a lot of Altoids? No, I hate, actually, I hate Altoids. Um, <laughs> I, I I used to, when I used to buy them, the the tins, I would throw the Altoids away. Um, but then I posted on the East Nashville Facebook group. Um, I asked, you know, if anyone had any tins, if I could, you know, come pick them up. And I had so many people, you know, save their tins for me. So I just come and pick them up at their, their uh, front porch. And uh, so now I, I never buy tens anymore. It's not an issue. You can always just say like, "Oh, hey, I need a couple," and they'll flood into your life. Yes, but my you know my mom's a dental hygienist, and uh, she always told me not mm-hmm. to eat Altoids because they're full of sugar. Sure. Um, so, not a fan of them. But. The Altoids thing is funny. I feel like I like seeing how people can repurpose them for like other things. Yeah. You know, there's like a. a a big thing with like guitarists where they'll put um, an Altoid tin on their like pedal board and keep all their like guitar picks in there and stuff. Yeah, they're you just kind of see them everywhere for different uses. Yeah, they're they're very uh, they're very handy. Uh, but yeah, I've I picked Altoid tins because I feel like people you know recognize the tin and um, it's something that everyone can reuse and mm-hmm. it's just a great little vessel. When, now, when you make. Um, you know, either your homes or buildings or whatever, you can't close the tin, right? Like, it's mostly just, like, stationary. Yeah, it's stationary. I put um, a little piece of metal on the backside Mm -hmm. um, so that they don't close. That makes sense. Uh, When you're doing the, like, actually putting the pieces together, are you just using, like, hot glue or? Um, I used to use hot glue, and now I've switched um, to, like, a tacky glue. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, when I first started doing them, I used hot glue just because it would dry instantly. Yeah. Um, but now I've switched to tacky glue. It takes a little bit longer, but it's just a cleaner, cleaner line. Yeah, so I'm I'm always experimenting with <laughs> with glues, and um, I've I used I use micron pens um, to draw because the ink you know doesn't smear. I, yeah. I watercolor after I draw. Um, so yeah. Super cool. Um, I I know that I could never do it for a couple of reasons. One is whenever I do anything with super glue, I get my fingers stuck together. It's like I just like don't have, I don't think I have the dexterity to like do anything. Or I don't have the dexterity to do anything, period. That could just be the end of the conversation. <laughs> I don't have the dexterity to like do anything that's like really small scale. I've kind of just got like fat sausage fingers. But I, I feel like I've always... I've tried um, like either really detailed woodworking, and I like will start. I'm like, no, I this I'm not built for whatever this whatever this takes. So I, when I see people who have really like fine, um, fine motor skills, which I clearly have none of, um, but really like fine detailed skill like that, I find it so fascinating because it it doesn't look like a thing most people could like really do. And so it's once I kind of started seeing that that was like a thing you do. Because I feel like you'd been here for a while before I really knew that that was like a, a part of your life and something you spent a lot of time on. But yeah. it, it was cool. It was neat. Yes. Like 
a lot of times I'll, I use tweezers, you know, to pick things up, but a lot of times I'll, I'll drop pieces and Scout always lays below me when I work. And so a lot of times I'll drop pieces onto Scout <laughs> and then I'm just like, well, that's gone. Um, or I'll drop it, you know, on the carpet mm-hmm. and, you know, it's just impossible to find. Um, so what's like, how long does it take to make anything? Yeah, I've, I've never timed anything from start to finish because I, I can't, you know, sit down and complete something. Mm. But I I guess around 20, 25, 30 hours. Wow. It, it just, it really depends on on what I'm sure. creating. The detail on the scale. Yeah. yeah. Um, is it like kind of like a therapeutic thing for you? It is. Therapeutic? But what's the word I'm looking for? Therapeutic. Therapeutic, okay. Um, I think that's the word. Um, no, I'm not so sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is. I I usually listen to podcasts um, or books mm-hmm. when I do it. Um, I So when uh, the start of COVID, I was unemployed. And so I was solely relying on uh, creating tiny towns for income. Yeah. And so I was cranking out tiny towns like I mean it, it was my my yeah. job and um it kind of got to the point where I was you know burned out um from doing tiny towns and I knew that like I I never wanted to do tiny towns full-time mm-hmm. um and so it's uh it's nice to be able to to have that as a hobby and know that I can do this you know for fun and and relax and, um, you know, take it yeah. um, at my own pace. And, you know, I was grateful for, um, you know, for having commissions and I do have a waiting list, um, you know, of people wanting them, but it's not something that I want to have to rely on again mm-hmm. for um, income. So. I had a friend tell me once, um, he's like, when you have a family, you want you want to monetize all your hobbies. I'm like, then you start to like not love it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I I really bristled at that. Though I, I like, I'm going to say I like the idea of, um, you know, can you generate some income from a thing you would do for free? But if you end up hating it because you have to treat it like work, then what was the point? Yeah, I mean, it, it was becoming more of a chore and I found myself saying yes to to everything and, and so having the freedom of saying, no, I'm not going to do that or, or experimenting with, with price now mm-hmm. and say, well, I'm going to charge this. And then being, you know. And people will be like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Tiny towns. So cool. So tiny. So tiny. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm asking more personal question. How's Scout? Okay. Scout's great. Uh, he is currently on vacation. At my parents' house. Okay. Um, yeah, he's great. He, I would have him here, but there's just a lot going on. A lot going on at the office right now. So I know people ask me, "Oh, you're gonna bring Darla today?" I'm like, I'm recording three podcasts with Aaron. I can't bring my 25 pound dog who snores like a bear to the office and let her ruin this whole thing. Just, just part of it, you know. Not every day is perfect for a dog here yeah. at the office. No, he's great. Uh, recently, he's been. Uh, he has a pillow that I keep under my desk at home and uh, I've now I now moved the pillow 
um, at night. He wants it in the bedroom uh, mm-hmm. to extend because his head hangs off his bed mm-hmm. at night. So I, I move the pillow <laughs> next to his bed. And so he puts his head on the pillow. Um, so good to count. Yeah. Um, and remember what part of town do your parents live? Uh, they live out in Bellevue. Bellevue. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Have, have they been at that place for a long time? Yeah. Since like 94. Oh, shoot. Okay. Got it. Got yeah. It. Okay. Um, well, did you think this was too painful? No. Not too bad. Not too bad. So that's the reaction I want to hear. I mean, I got you on mic, so, you know, I guess you could say whatever you want. Um, but I do want to make sure everybody hears. It's not the worst thing in the world to sit down and talk to me. That happens to be on a microphone. Yeah, my hands are a little clammy. Yeah. Uh, other than that. It's all right. It's all right. Well, I think that is a Buildwood Internal Podcast with my friend, Miss Jessica Saylor. I think you did a great job. Thank you. Looking forward to the next one with the next, well, I don't even know who's going to be up next, but I'm looking forward to the next uh, Buildwood Internal Podcast anyway. So for... Uh, Jessica, this is Alex Horton. Thanks y'all for listening to the Build It Internal Podcast. Stay dirty. I don't know. I need. I need. I need a, a tagline. Or clean. Ooh, stay clean. Ooh, done that. That's more internal. There we go. Everybody, stay clean. Stay clean.